Okay, so I've taken this test before and I've gotten two different answers. I got ENFP and ENTP. So I'm interested to see this is the rubber round as like the tiebreaker. I'm gonna see how this works as I've grown as an individual. <laughs> okay, I think you're an ENFP, just for the record. Okay. <laughs> the theater kid ENFP, let's see. <laughs> The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, a four-letter personality assessment that brands you as extroverted or introverted, sensing or intuitive, thinking or feeling, and judging or perceiving. It categorizes people into 16 different types using a questionnaire, but you already knew that, didn't you? You've taken it, your friends have taken it, and today we're going to dissect it. I'm Clay Lawhead. I'm Anushuya Tapa. And this is Brainstorm, a podcast about all things health, science, and tech. Okay, next question. You have to make a backup plan for a backup plan. Who does that? Yeah, I don't really do that. I have a backup plan, but not a backup plan for a backup plan. I'm going to do the small disagree. I do have back. I do. I am responsible. You need to have a backup plan, right? So, wouldn't it make more sense for like me to fill this out for you? Yeah, but then you can, then you need to know me entirely. What if you know you don't really know yourself as well as you think you do? Okay, okay. I'm turning to psychologist Professor Dan McAdams for this. Professor, is this scale even a good way to take this test? How do we know that they're accurate? Well they correlate highly with how other people judge you. And so they have lots of studies where they ask friends and neighbors and colleagues, okay, let's rate that person on these dimensions. And you find that people's self-reports are pretty highly correlated, not perfectly, but pretty highly correlated with how other people see them too. So yeah, there is some slippage, no doubt. I mean, they're not perfectly accurate, but they get, they're pretty good estimates of where people lie uh, on the, on these dimensions. And, and so uh, there's, there's a fair amount of credibility with respect to these scales. So the MBTI works? In a nutshell, the MBTI, despite its allure, has absolutely no scientific validity whatsoever. Oh. Well. First of all, it classifies you as an either or and on four different dimensions. But let's just take the most common dimension, the extroversion introversion scale. Which, by the way, extroversion, introversion is a real thing, and there are really good measures of extroversion, introversion out there. But extroversion, introversion is a continuum, and most of us are somewhere in the middle of the continuum. And what the Myers-Briggs does is basically to say, you are either one or the other. You are either an extrovert or you are an introvert, and they kind of cut it right in the middle there. And it's kind of like saying, hey, we've got this thing called height. And adults range from about four foot six to seven foot five in height. And we're going to say half of those people are short and half of those people are tall. And that's our measure of height. And you go, well, you could do it that way. But wouldn't it be better just to like, say, a person six foot three or five foot eight? That's true. I feel like I'm somewhere in between. Like, sure, I want to hang out with people. But does that mean I'm extroverted all the time? I don't think so. The second big problem is even bigger, and that is that the other three things that it measures, uh, it 
thinking, feeling, sensing, intuiting, judging, perceiving, those dimensions, they're not real. There's no psychological research that suggests that people differ from the thinking side to the feeling side or from the sensing side to the intuitive side. It's just not a, it's not a psychological real distinction out there. Everybody thinks, everybody feels, everybody senses, everybody intuits. So those are completely artificial categories for which there's no evidence for validity. And yet people love the Myers-Briggs. So if there's no psychological evidence behind the Myers-Briggs, why are people so attracted to it? People love to be categorized, I guess, especially I think young people who are you know, looking for their identity. It's like, what kind of a person am I? Who am I? And how do people see me? It's a fascinating question indeed. And so we're looking for labels and characterizations that help us understand ourselves. And so there's something comforting about finding out, oh, I'm this kind of type. There's a bunch of people like me out there. We're all good. We all like each other and so forth. Identity is a kind of funny problem in, in young adulthood, because on the one hand, you want to be unique and stand out, especially in American society. But on the other hand, you want to find like-minded people too. You don't want to be too weird, right? They like the fact that it puts them into a box and people like to be in a box. And moreover, the other thing is all the boxes are good because the Myers-Briggs will give you a very upbeat characterization of who you are. There are no bad types in the Myers-Briggs. So yes, personality tests, but no to MBTI, even though I was really hoping I'd figure out my type this time around. Well, you're not alone. Over 2 million people complete the MBTI assessment each year, and the test itself has been translated into over 29 different languages. But when Clay and I talked to a few students who are really into the MBTI, they said the assessment we took, the 16 personalities test, has some flaws. The 16 personality is biased towards certain traits over other traits. It biases you towards extroversion. Just because you like spending time with people doesn't necessarily mean you're an extrovert. Everyone likes spending time with people. That's McCormick Jr. Anna Cornell. We talked to her and her friend Weinberg Jr. Kate Connor about their experiences taking the MBTI. I actually met Anna and Kate on a plane to Atlanta over spring break. I mentioned that I made podcasts for Daily Northwestern and they both sprung at the idea of doing an episode on the MBTI. They pitched this very episode for the entire two-hour plane ride. Women often get mistyped as feelers. Men get often mistyped as thinkers. The actual test itself will skew you in this one way because of what you think you should do. The questions don't really accurately assess what you're actually doing. Their profile page, it's just a bunch of vague words and stereotypes. It puts you very strongly in this role of who you're supposed to be. They'll even say stuff like, INFP ideal matches and ENFJ. Anybody can be anybody else's match. It doesn't come down to the four letters that you are. And I think that's the limitations of something like 16personalities.com. Okay, but for such a popular test, there has to be something good about it. Kate, are there any advantages to learning about the Myers-Briggs test and all the different personality types? There's been a lot of benefits in genuinely understanding that other people think differently and observing actually how I think. I never would have thought about all the times that I like forced people to explain their feelings in a logical way and how actually absurd and ridiculous it is to be like, 
but why do you feel that? And at the same time, I think that there has been some harm in that we never mean to mean that this encompasses all of the diversity in human life. And I think that there can be some danger in that oversimplification. I've met so many other ENFJs who do not have any real resemblance to me as a person. Even within the categories, the amount of difference between people is huge. There is a danger in boxing people in this one place. Being the same type doesn't make you the same people, it just means that you will think the same way about a new input. I also think it's important to know that everybody's responsible for everything. This is the other danger I see with Myers-Briggs, people using it as an excuse, like, there's people who learn it and they're like, Oh no, that's what I am. I can't help it. You're not helpless. Like, you, you are responsible for all the functions. This episode was reported and produced by me, ENTP Clay Lawhead. And me, ENTJ Anushia Thapa. The audio editor is ENFJ, Madison Smith. The digital managing editor is INFJ, Haley Fuller. And the editor-in-chief of the Daily Northwestern is INFJ, Sneha Day.